as we pondered weak and weary on this evening dark and dreary over long-forgotten myths of yore tis halloween night and nothing more welcome to another exciting episode of legends in the dark my name is jay and i'm leslie tonight we shall regale you with some of the spookiest of the spooky tales of halloween frights to chill your spine so grab that cup of coffee and ignore those trick-or-treaters and listen to these legends in the dark. Wow. It's been a while since we've recorded. Indeed it has. I think almost like a month has passed because we had so much Batlog, a couple of throwback episodes. It's like a month and a half because we didn't record for like half of September either. No, I think the last time we record was the review for The Grave Secrets, which, you know, I think a lot of people enjoyed. Please, if you enjoyed it, let us know. We had fun. I'm, I mean, I had a great time reviewing it with you because you and I kind of watch those movies with a different type of eye. Yeah, it, it's it's something I was looking forward to as well. Like, coming in and actually doing some stories, looking up some... I'm terrible at research, to be completely honest. I will almost always wait till the very last moment to, like, get my notes together and stuff. But well, it's still fun. Well, I and it's still... I, I noticed that we have... It's one of those things, too, where we still like to talk about... Well, it's a little bit spoiler. Can I... Can I tell them also what's been happening in these last couple months? Yes. That you are now working in the same office as I am? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that happened. About well, a month ago, right? No, it was happening in August. Really? I was like, August 2nd was my first day. Oh, wow. And I didn't even realize. I mean, well, at first I think we were just so focused on like, oh, okay, this is how, because you're on a different floor than me. And... It's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, we'll try to hang out on lunch and stuff. And just been in this last couple of weeks, I don't know if it's just because it's so close to Halloween. We've been talking more and more about like ghosts and the hauntedness of the office. I, I still don't want to say where we work, but you actually went down to the basement. And what did you think of the basement? The creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you described it perfectly when you when you actually did describe it to me. I was like, I was down there with my coworker and I was telling her, like, yeah, my friend up on the fourth floor, she like told me this place is haunted and people have seen like shadows and ghost children somewhere in this building. I don't think it was actually in the basement, but somebody has seen it somewhere, something else. Something somewhere else, I should say. And I just I was the whole time my coworkers trying to tell me this is where you find the files that we're looking for and I'm like looking around like <laughs> I was like wait shadows <laughs> wait, it's what? really weird at work because we're in the nature of where we work and I still don't want to mention it but it's very much of a serious office but it's really funny when you get into a relaxed atmosphere and someone does mention it it it's happened to me a couple times where I'll be sitting there in a lunch area or somewhere where we would be having lunch and all of a sudden, someone would mention it. Like, oh, I saw a ghost. Like, this happened to a new person, not not in your class, but like a, eight months ago. Um, a girl was saying that she was going down, I should say, a woman was saying that she was going down the elevator, and a girl was standing there. And I then I had mentioned this to another coworker who I've known for a long time, and she said she was on the fifth floor and was in the bathroom and saw something on the... A corner of her eye and thought it was a woman and it's it's really weird how like i feel like more people are coming out with stories right now and i don't know if it's just because usually our office is still closed to the public so there's more there's less people so there's more chances of like when you're in a public restroom and you see someone you're kind of doing that wait there's no one in here you know there's no no public should be in here so who's that person and then when that person's gone it's like Okay, I think there's more experiences. It's almost kind of like because it's so quiet, stuff is almost more active. Or maybe it's just my imagination because of the year or time of year. But it's about a week before Halloween. I'm reading scary books, legends. I personally can't wait until they've 
even though it's probably never going to happen, fully digitize that entire sec area and then get rid of all of it. <laughs> well, what's funny is I haven't been down there in months because just what my job function now, I don't have to no longer have to go down there. But I will admit, sometimes when people say they have to go down to the basement, I say, "Ooh, you want me to come with you?" They told they there was like, "Oh, I don't have clearance to actually get in there yet," and I'm like, "No hurry, <laughs> no hurry at all." I can wait. Yeah, you want to wait, what, year, two years? Should be gone by then, but you know. And then there was another podcast called How's It Haunting? And they had an interview with someone who, I guess, works somewhere in downtown, I think. They did, They had, his name was omitted. They didn't say what building it was. They called it Building X. And, oh my gosh, if you really want to hear a really good story... Go to a house at Haunting and the interview with, oh, I think they called him Mr. X or guest speaker. I think it's like three or four weeks ago. You'll, you'll, you'll find it. But like the episode was so good because it's basically he sounds like he's a security guard and he was telling about all these experiences in this building at night. And it was so freaky. And they kind of weren't, weren't trying to say like where the building was, but I kind of think I know which building it is I'm not going to say because based on experiences because I have a feeling it's downtown because I've heard so many stories about downtown that I wouldn't be surprised if it's the building that a friend works at because it's similar stories yeah downtown it doesn't surprise me when people say there's like story because it's the oldest part of Fresno or one of the oldest parts of Fresno so of course there's probably and some of the buildings there haven't been changed since like well, they still have that Never. big G, wasn't it, for the realty? Or, like, that? it, it was for, I always thought it was for Gottschalks because the, the building was downtown, that's where it started, was downtown Fresno. But I don't know, it's just some of the buildings down there are so creepy. And you'll see it when once it starts getting that time of year where it's more twilight when you leave or when it's, it's supposed to rain here so hard on Monday. And you'll, you'll notice that like, you'll just stand and look at the downtown when it's all wet and stuff. Oh, I've seen downtown when it's wet before. It's not like... It's no, not... no, but when you're actually like in the building, kind of looking at other buildings and just take that time to kind of like really study them. It's kind of like, you know, you've seen movies and TV shows of New York or Los Angeles, but it's a different atmosphere, feeling when you're actually in the middle of it or in yeah. a section of watching I don't, it. I don't get a view from where I sit, so... Oh, I just go and find a window. Like, they're in... My... My window, basically from about the wind, windows in our area, the best I can see is our parking lot. <laughs> I don't get like a, I don't get a panoramic view of anything. I don't have a view, so I have to get up and, and go and go in the corner. And I'll just stand there and watch the, everyone kind of walk when, by. When, when they had me doing the lobby, which I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to have me doing now because now the new guys do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I could, you got a pretty decent view of stuff from the, from the lobby area. So. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, no, so that's that's what's new with us. Jay's working with me now. We get to see each other and talk about this podcast. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. And you find out how creepy my building is after all the stories I've told. Mm-hmm. And also how creepy downtown can be, especially when it starts like really early in the morning or really dark. I don't even mean the real people around there. I mean like just the atmosphere. Maybe because you, you came in the summer, wait until the winter, because it's nothing like walking to work and having, I don't know, like 50 to 100 crows just being on the power lines, like, like, caw, caw, and like how creepy it is when they all take off against like the darkened sky. <laughs> like, listen here, you. <laughs> I know you're harbingers of death and everything, but <laughs> don't involve me in this nonsense. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so like I said, it's a week before Halloween. Any big plans for Halloween? As you said in the opening, I'm going to be avoiding trick-or-treaters. <laughs> and watching scary movies, as is tradition. Yeah, I've been like planning on reading my scary books. I've had two now. Oh, I can't remember what the one was called. I think it was like Chill Blood or Blood in... A Chill in the Blood or something like that. <laughs> the Bloodening. I don't know. Or Chill House. I don't know. I bought it like six months ago and just was not in the mood for it. But now I am and it's down on my bookshelf so i'll have to read that but the other one i'm reading right now that my friend crystal hey crystal home before dark by riley sager so i'm reading that one and i just started it and i'm already kind of hooked on it 
Like, it's one of those where it just draws you in right away. I've been wanting to watch... Sorry if there was a little bit of bang. I just put my phone down. Sorry about that. It's terrible. <laughs> but I, I just finished... Well, I didn't just finish. Last weekend, I watched the new Halloween movie that's on Peacock. Mm. And it was okay. I would say, like... Don't tell me about it. Yeah. I mean, it's... I'll say this, at the very least. is like, if you're more of a fan of, like, the older movies, then you're probably really going to like this one. Because it kind of seems like it gives off more of a vibe of, like, the older movies. You know, the... Everybody in this town is an idiot, and they're all doing the exact wrong thing that they should be doing in this situation. Okay, well, um, oh, also, I apologize. I think there's some sounds. I was really hoping the rain would come today and we had, could have that sound. Yeah, it's not to, It's not going to be... Rainy until tomorrow. I mean, it might do it tonight. You never know. Never know. Okay, well... Technically, I guess my opening was a lie, because it's not <laughs> dark and dreary at all right now. It's actually, uh... Actually, when we were talking, it got dark. Like, you could tell. That's, yeah, it did. Yeah, it it did got the, dark. the clouds came a little bit, so then I summoned the evil spirits. Oh, they... my gosh. Okay, so I think I'm going first tonight. You are. So we have a, an extra story. So I'm going to do three stories tonight. And my first one is shorter... And this one is, out of all my stories tonight, this is more legend and is probably one of those where, well, I'll, I'll go and then we can talk about it. This one is the Witch's Foot Curse. So my sources on this one is uh, the Atlas Obscura Wikipedia and my Ghost Stories of America book by Dan Asfar and Edric Thai. Thai? Hey, T-H-A-Y. Hey. Okay, I'm, I apologize if I pronounce that wrong. So legend goes that there's a curse was put upon Colonel Jonathan Buck sometime in the 1700s. While many stories and legends tell the story differently, some say it was a spurned lover, some say it was a woman who was hung for witchcraft, there's notes that claim that they've never, that when the research has been done, about this story, that there's no evidence was found that the story legend was true that he accused a woman and basically caused the the death. This story is coming from somewhere, but it might be just also a little bit about his history in the past. Because Colonel Buck was, I guess, the founder of the town Bucksport. Mm -hmm. So he sentenced to death a witch. Now, either the witch was hung or was burned. Let the legend's not clear, and like I said, there was no evidence of this. But the legend goes is the curse the witch cursed Buck, stating that he will soon follow her in death, and that when he does, quote, my feet will appear under your accursed name. It is said that after her death, Buck did pass. But one of the thinking is, is that he was so worried about it that he stayed up late, that he just stopped eating, that like he just got so terrified. internal, yeah, terrified internal fr from this, he basically caused his own death. So after he passed, he was laid to rest in Bucksport Cemetery. And after the funeral, on his gravestone, a crimson image of a lower leg appeared. Now, no matter how many times they cleaned it, no matter how many times they tried to remove this image it always came back so in the mid 1800s his family was like you know what we're tired of people coming over and looking at it we're tired of having the story around we're tired of you know basically people blaming our ancestor on burning women to death or witches and you know all this we're going to replace it and we're going to make have this a big monument so right now there's like even a fence around it so there's a little fence but it's like a pretty big monument and it's one of those pyramid looking ones where it kind of comes up to a point at the top and all it says is buck and after they erected this huge stone the very next day a image of a leg or a stalkin so it looks like a like a stalkin one of the long kind of leg with a foot hanging is seen right under the name buck and even when they try to clean it they say that it's still there now, here's where the legend comes in. Everyone says it's just a legend because what that really is is just a, you know, it's a stain. It's a image in the stone. So people have their um, eyes kind of matrix it. Like, oh, it just looks like a foot. One person said, you know, it's a vein 
of iron or minerals that looks like a, a stocking. So there's a lot of things that you could say this thing is, but it is interesting that I love one of those stories where you know someone probably was going through the cemetery, looked at this famous headstone because he's he's supposed to be a famous man, and just was like, oh, you know why that has that foot there? It's because a witch cursed it. But I guess you could still see it to this day in Bucksport. Nice. Yeah, so creepy. Creepy. Okay, so that was my first one, a witch's story. I guess we should mention that these stories have to kind of do with Halloween of, think of costumes you would wear. Pirates, witches. Ghosties. Ghosts, yeah. So it's all, it's a little, little bo- books, movies, stuff like you kind of. I mean, most of our, most of our, the things we go into are usually more Halloween-ish, but it's the right time of year. So kind of just. For like these one-offies. Yeah. Yeah. What's your first one? <laughs> So my first one comes from Ireland. Terrible Irish accent, I know. (laughs) Forgive me for that. Comes all the way from Ireland, Dublin to be specific. This is about the Hellfire Club. Ooh. So the Hellfire Club was a hunting lodge in the mountains of Dublin, which was the site of a satanic club whose members dressed as Satan, drank whiskey and butter from a cauldron, and may or may not have eaten a servant girl alive. Okay. That kind of, it's like, we're a club. It's a member's dues are about uh, $10 a year, annual, 10 pounds an annual. And you have, have to eat to, a servant girl. You have to bring your own um, beer, whiskey, and, uh, yeah, don't get attached to the help. <laughs> don't worry, I won't. <laughs> So it was founded by a uh, Richard Parsons in 1735, who was the first Earl of Ross and the first Grand Master of the Irish Freemasons, who gained a reputation as a sorcerer dabbling in black magic using ancient Dionysian scrolls looted from the Great Library of Alexandria in 1270. Didn't really specify what he was really trying to do with these scrolls, but, you know... It's kind of like, damn, dude, where'd you get scrolls from the Alexandria (laughs) Library? (laughs) From in Ireland, no less, right? Black market. There you go. So the members met at locations across Dublin and were known for amoral behavior, to put it mildly, and debauchery involving alcohol and sex. It's all, there's the secrecy of the club members and the club and everything led to speculation that the members were all were satanists and devil worshipers the president of any of any location was known as the quote-unquote king of hell dressed like satan with horns wings and hooves members set a place at each meeting for the devil in the hope that he would attend their meeting just wishful thinking really it's like it's like like hey bob yeah steve yay you think the devil's going to show up at this meeting? I don't know, Steve. You know, we've been worshipping that devil real hard this month, and I think that we're due. I just keep thinking of Rosemary's baby. like. Or give the devil his due. Oh. Did you write that down? Were you waiting this whole time to do it? Actually, no. That was ad-libbed. Yeah. Okay, keep going. It is also said to have been the site where black masses were held, black cats, and, again, servants were sacrificed. So they just, it's so hard to, so hard to get, keep good help nowadays, especially when you're sacrificing and eating them. Yeah, pretty regular. Mm. Some say that the building was deliberately set on fire to add to its hellish appearance. Because, you know, at some point it caught on fire supposedly. It could have been, like, all the servants getting a little upset. Like, listen. <laughs> we're like, just Oi! It's like, we're tired of being treated like we're bloody ham and steak at a party. So I'm going to burn this bloody thing to the ground. <laughs> Ooh, that actually came out good. <laughs> Normally not very good at the Irish accents. So anyways, one of the f- most famous tales that were told of, from the Hellfire Club was when the devil supposedly attended a card game. Ooh, okay. I actually think I've heard this one. So a stranger joined some members of a club, members of one of the locations in a card game. One of the players, 
dropped their cards on the floor. When they bent down to retrieve the cards, they noticed that the stranger had cloven hooves instead of regular feet. You think you would notice that upon arrival? I'm just saying. Yeah, I know the clop, clop, clop is kind <laughs> yeah, of dead right. giveaway. So the rest of that story is that when they found that man the next day, like he was basically trembling and terrified and unable to remember even his own name. So that's the Hellfire Club. Yeah, you know, I think I I've never heard of the the club, but I heard of that story of playing cards with the devil. And it's funny too because it's kind of there's more stories where it's basically the stories of having these weird experiences and I feel like it's in all cultures having a weird experience with a stranger and then later thinking that was the devil. And I mean, I think it's scary like those stories are scary because have you ever have you ever done something or went somewhere and there is someone who gave you the creeps like like a skin crawl creepy kind of thing and i mean if this was 1700s 1600s i would be like yeah that, that guy was the devil or you know he was a spawn of the devil or something like that was really weird like, oh, that bloke's clip clopping he is <laughs> he might be the devil <laughs> Listen, we have a couple things that are called tells, so clip-clop and, uh, and and horns. I mean, those are definitely tells. And he was wearing shades during the card games. He's not only the devil, he's a damn cheater, too. <laughs> Wild West, that wouldn't have flown. Well, I just want to know about the guy who dropped the cards and no one was like, new deck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they only had so many. You know, they had to make these things by hand back then. <laughs> okay. You want to hear mine? Yes. Okay, so now I have a pirate. Sorry. Arr. Arr. What was the movie rated? Arr. Arr. There you go, dads. There's your joke for the month. <laughs> okay, so I actually heard a little bit about this story again when I was in North Carolina this summer. And we were staying in, uh, at Top Cell Island. Now, this is what's weird. So I was told... That top cell was named because this is where the pirates would keep their ships. And when the merchant ships came out and they went after them, the only thing you could see is the top cell. And what's really funny is the pirate I'm going to talk about is Blackbeard. And one of the best ones. <laughs> you know, I really didn't know. We've talked about this earlier. I didn't really know that much about Blackbeard. I feel like I know more about Captain Morgan because of his treasure, Captain Kidd because of his treasure. Basically, if you have a treasure, I've probably like studied you more because you know it's it's he was one romantic the, to think about trying to find that treasure. He was one of the few, if I remember correctly, that like he actually like retired and like yeah he made he, a life for himself after piracy and then they found him again or something. Yeah, well here let me tell you about it, Jay. Let me tell you about it, stud. Uh, Greece. Yeah. 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 Okay, so my source for this is, again, Ghost Stories of America, Wikipedia, and the Smithsonian Magazine. The man born Edward Teach, or Thatch, as I guess the English also pronounced it, he grew to become the lead-in pirate known as Blackbeard. And while the legend grows about him, there's really um, not much early research that I did. I'll admit I didn't go into depth of his early years, but what it's thought was... He was a sailor during Queen Anne's War, and then he turned to a life of piracy. He captured a French slave ship called La Concorde, and he renamed her Queen Anne's Revenge. Now, his legend grew along the coast of the U.S., even though he was English, and he was born, I think he, they think he was born in Bristol. But he was known for his fighting style. And this is what I was telling you earlier. It's like, I really didn't realize that he's not really known for, like, oh, I, he killed 100 men. You know, he sunk all these shit. Like, you know, it was more or less a showman. Kind of like he used his appearance and including, he was like this skinny guy, like tall skinny guy, but he had this really great big black beard. And he would put like cuckolises and guns all over him so he had all these weapons on him and when he fought this said that he tied fuses to his beard and then lit them so he had this like almost supernatural paranormal look where all the smoke was coming up from his body and it would just basically scare these captains of these ships and they would surrender 
his men might have fought and killed. And he probably did too. But the thing is, is they would just be like, whatever, whatever, we don't know what the hell this is going on. We give up, we surrender. And he would capture ships like that. It's also said that he ran a ship aground near North Carolina and was royally pardoned because the... I was reading this about this in the Smithsonian where it was, uh, I believe the king said, hey, if you give up becoming a pirate, you know, we'll, I'll give you a pardon. And so he took it upon it. And he's like, yeah, okay, I give up. And he ran his ship aground and he became pardoned. And he lived on land, uh, I forgot where, for mm, not sure how many years. But then he went back to stealing a ship, a sloop, and and basically living on the seas again. And the governor of Virginia at the time, Alexander Spotswood, sent men to capture Blackbeard. And one of those men was Lieutenant Robert Maynard. And so he took, so they, they thought he was in two places, either Bath in, in the U.S. or in this place called, oh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Ocracoke, O-C-R-A-C-O-K-E. It's in, I think, Carolina. So it's Ocracoke. Anyway. That's where Maynard took 60 men and two small sloops. He went down there and he actually found Blackbeard and his men and they and this huge fight began, right? And 21 members of Maynard's crew were killed or wounded and they were laying up on the on the decks. And Blackbeard, he saw this, so he went and he pulled the ship alongside and he jumped onto Maynard's ship with a tie. And he basically was like, you're going to give up, right? Well, he was surprised because about a dozen uninjured men came up from the blow ready for, to fight. And it is said by Maynard that he fought Blackbeard. And he fought them hard. That Blackbeard, quote, he finally succumbed, according to Maynard, quote, five shots in him and 20 dismal cuts in several parts of his body. So he basically took a long time to come down and said that he basically succumbed and it was a fierce fight from what I've read. So afterwards, after the fighting was done and his men surrendered, Mater took the body and he cut off Blackbeard's head and he threw the body into the ocean. And it said, one of the legends from the book said that the body swam around his boat three times before sinking. Which, I mean, I, I probably bet you it just kind of like... Probably did floated, and people were kind of like, "Well, it's weird; it should sink by now." And I mean, that My would be kind of do float, yeah, for a long time. Well, so the head was strung up from Maynard's bow spirit, and later when he got back, it was given to the governor, and it was displayed on a pole in Hampton Roads, that's today is now known as Blackbeard's Port. I'm sorry, Blackbeard's Point. Mm-hmm. So that's where his head was on a, basically a spike or a pole. And the legend goes, so here's, here's where the ghostly comes in. So the legend goes that near Pamlico Sound, people tell of hearing cannon fire and this great fierce fight on, on the ocean. Some report a headless ghost wandering the shore trying to find something. And a lot of people think it might be Blackbeard's ghost trying to find his head. And sometimes accompanied by an eerie glow of a lamplight around this headless figure. And my favorite is that it's even said that people have seen his ship traveling on the sound between the Carolinas. So that's the story I heard when we were up in North Carolina and we were, ta- we were at Top Cell was that this is the area where, you know, not just down by Top Cell, but by what used to be Topsail Inlet. And I forgot, I wrote it down, but I forgot what the, the area is called now. But it's really interesting to go back there and listen to all the legends. And now, I mean, they know where the Queen Anne's Revenge is and they're actually kind of, they take the artifacts and are really learning about a lot of history of the time and what it was like to be a pirate and what was needed to be on the ship and all the in- interesting information, so... But I really just like the idea of, you know, standing on this beach, standing on the shore and seeing this old pirate ship or sloop, you know, travel by and it being eerie. It's kind of, I really do love a good ghost ship story like the Mary Celeste and the one we did, I think, with the Ellen Austin. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a, my pirate story for Halloween. 
Well, let me follow up on your pirate story with a pirate story of Mune. <laughs> Which is actually just like a small addition to yours because it's actually kind of related. Ooh. Mine's about a location called White Point Garden. This is, which is located in Charleston, South Carolina, would nestled in between Fort Sumter and Char- the Charleston Harbor. Now, okay. the reason why how this is connected is that mostly about a pirate named Steed Bonnet, or Bonnet, who apparently at some point had joined forces with Blackbeard. I actually think I read about him when I was doing the research. He was also in the, uh, the what was the other location, the island that they all got together on. Oh shoot! It's it's on the Carolinas. Um, I know what island it is. It's I was at Topsail Island. Topsail. That's what. That's yeah. The one. It's it's. There's probably about three or four locations. I mean, <clears throat> I feel it's kind of the same when you know California has all the stories about the Gold Rush. So when you go into the mountains, you hear all those types of stories. And like, oh, this is where the Donner Party came over. And then like two miles later, it's like this is where the Donner Party came over. Oh, this is where the the 49ers were this is where the gold was discovered like we have all those stories because that is what makes us california california Mm. i feel like back east these stories are everywhere yeah it's everywhere it's like oh this is a this is a part of a beach on the atlantic in carolina blackbeard was here you know 20 miles north Blackbeard was here too. Oh, and here and here so i feel like that yeah there probably was see that bar right there one time Blackbeard slept with one of the bar wenches. Well, I mean, totally happened. Well, think about it. How many places have you been? And there's like little plaques of like famous people who slept here. Actually, I do think that there is a when he retired from the ocean. I think he did settle down in Bath, and I think there is somewhere that you could be like, this is where Blackbeard's house was, or something. I don't know. I didn't get too much into the history. History. I just wanted the ghosties. Wouldn't that be cool if, like, you like looked through your family genealogy, found you were related to like Blackbeard or something like that? I don't want to do that. I was related to a pirate. Yes. So long before the Union and the Confederacy went head to head in the in the Carolinas, it was a it was known to be a place where dozens of pirates, including Steed Bonnet himself, were executed. So his ship was captured by a Colonel William Rhett in Cape Fear River in 1718. He was sentenced, along with the 30 members of his crew, to be hung in a mass execution that took took the lives of 49 pirates in total. Ooh. So they weren't they were they were in that point in history where they just weren't messing around with them anymore. They were like so. So what was it? Third pirate move. Pirates of the Caribbean movie where they kill, they were hanging everyone. Basically, even yeah. that little, even the kid, yeah. Oh. Like not the one that's singing the song. Yeah. I thought he was gonna live. <laughs> Apparently, you can't even be a child pirate. You like, uh, oh no, you're related to pirates. Well, you're gonna die too. Sorry, kiddo. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Right. Don't care. <laughs> so the legend says that. The men, the spirits of those pirates still haunt the park today. Visitors have spotted have spotted eerie faces amid the park's foliage. Oh, that's creepy. Others have reported sightings of spectral bodies hanging from the tree branches. Oh, that's so creepy. And also, there have been reports of floating apparitions and screams echoing through the night and faces that Again, with the faces that can be seen in the water's surface. See, I I think that's so creepy because there's been videos. I know there's on Nukes 5 and some other videos where people have done that where they're like, oh, look how the ocean is. And they see something in the distance. Or there was like one where a woman was like walking through a forest and saw some weird stand in there. I mean, those are so creepy to me when, like, Like it's... that one that we watched where the people were in the forest and that weird thing dressed in white was, like, just walking oddly towards oh, them. Oh. And they are they weren't running, screaming for their lives. I would have been, like, throwing a rock at it and taking off, like... I know, Bleh. right? But it's, like, it's creepy when you're just in a park and you're like, is that someone in the bushes? Because your first thought's going to be, like, hey, that's someone in the bushes watching me. It's some creep. And, and you know, you think it's a real person. And if there's no one there... And it is something where it's just not your mind matrix in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. Oh, and next thing, but then you finally realize that it's actually just Millhouse wearing his camouflage face paint. <laughs> Hello, friends. I'm over here. 
or maybe over here. So yeah, that's that's white point guard. That was my little quick quick one there, but uh, that was a good one. I like that one. I think the spectral bodies from the trees would be the real thing, but it freaks me out because I'd be like, especially if it might be like trees weren't there anymore. Mm. Like, you know, you think about that. Like if you just saw this like weird something in the air, like like have you ever seen those videos of people? walk in and they see this they're started recorded because they've seen this weird mist coming down and they're like wow that mist is really weird because there's no mist anywhere no fog anywhere else but it's like and it looks like it's when it's coming from trees and stuff it's so creepy yeah it's really sad that like not only do the spirits not get to move on but they're literally in a fixed position for like all eternity you know i do believe that sometimes that there's energies that can imprint on the land i mean like places like gettysburg places like titanics places like i'm i'm blanking on on pearl harbor duh and like where people hear those things and it's just because so much tragedy and so it was just impacted tower of london same thing like it's it's just these moments and people say well why don't we ever hear about hiroshima well oh that oh that's another one i was thinking about too and you know when what was like 10 15 years ago when josh gates went to like pompeii and People always say that, like, well, why don't we ever get ghosts of, like, Roman soldiers and stuff? It's something Chris usually says. But I said, well, someone went to Pompeii and they got, like, spirits. Like, he actually got something on, like, thermal moving around. So, I mean, it's it's really sad to think about, but it's also kind of, like, it's it's just this moment of what's, what's scary about it. Is it scary for people because it's something that shouldn't be there? Is something that you are basically saying like, hey, this shouldn't be like this Mm -hmm. and trying to figure it out? This isn't normal. Yes. Or is it seriously the imprint that you're feeling like, I'm not feeling comfortable. I'm creeped out. This is scaring me because you're feeling all those emotions that are just surrounded in those moments of death sometimes. Or both. I know. So I think about that sometimes. But, and it's just like the the general, we as as human beings, we are naturally like afraid of the concept of death and the afterlife. Yeah. People can say, oh, I'm not afraid of death. But if you're confronted with it and like not like in a normal like, oh, you know, West went to a funeral kind of something horrific, it's it's going to affect you. It's going to, yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. I think the land and buildings and stuff get that same imprint. You know, we get that trauma. They get that trauma. I guess the blood soaked in the earth. Blood soaked in the earth. Like, you know, in me, like, it's just, it's this thing to think about. Like, you walking through this park and seeing stuff like that. It's like, it's because it had an impact. There's certain, I mean, there are places in the world where the, where the ground is still red. Oh, it's like the in France where they have all these like hills, like these little mini hills, and you find out it's the trenches that they filled in from World War One, and these these hills that don't grow anything because it was just mud and death and and barbed wire and everything that nothing can grow there. It's almost like it's salted earth. It's just like it it has grass, but you know there's no trees. It's just this big plain field because they took everything out and it just is nothing's growing there right now. It's just when I see, and I think this is why I get upset when you see the ghost hunters like Zach Bragan. Wait, I'm sorry. I know it's Baggins. I, I caught my, so I've been listening to our old podcast and I kept saying Braggins and I think that people thought like, oh, you're making fun of him. I actually thought his name was Braggins. I, I, I didn't realize it was Baggins. So I, I, it's one of those things where I wasn't making fun of him, but it was one of those things where he, he probably, <laughs> I know you were, he probably would have been like a really good ghost hunter but I just don't know if he's that serious where like in his early stuff where he's just yelling at these ghosts and he always feels like he's being targeted and stuff. It's like, it's just, you have to have like some sort of like, you don't even have to believe in it. Respect it. You have to respect that. Like there is something that there's unexplainable. I mean, everything was unexplainable until it was explainable. Like you could be a skeptic all you want. That's fine. Oh yeah, that's totally fine. But, I'm know, skeptic a lot of times. Like, it's like that's like the same thing as like going to a cemetery and like just you know cracking open a beer and just like just strolling about like you own the place. It's like you're not gonna do it. Yeah, like what is this nineteen uh, nineteen seventies uh, nineteen eighties uh, Halloween thra- uh, slasher slasher slasher? I do want to say thrasher like thrash metal. <laughs> 
But yeah, no, I agree with you. It's kind of one of those things where it doesn't have to scare you, but there is a relevant, there is a reference. There's a, there's a reason why people since time immemorial like have believed in these things. And Even if they just don't understand them. And they, yeah. You can't discount it. Yeah. But, Science can prove all they want, but they still have never been able to prove that ghosts don't exist. Okay, well, uh, okay, my, my turn now? Your turn. Okay. For your last. Oh, shoot. Your final thoughts. I lost my place. Hold on. Okay, so my last one tonight is going to be the werewolf of Morbach. Mm. M-O-R-B-A-C-H. And it's German, so I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. You gotta say it more harshly, then. Morbach. Okay, now I feel like I'm just talking about like Klingon. Marbach. And uh, my my sources on this is the University of Pittsburgh. Okay, so legend goes that a soldier or a group of soldiers deserted from Napoleon's army. And they fled. And they were going to go back home. And uh, I believe towards France. And they were in the German area where one night they came across a German farm family. Luden, they killed a family... Actually, like there was, it's, it's really weird. I'm I'm doing the G-rated version, but like I was reading some other accounts where like these soldiers, and I guess one particular was like very vicious, especially to this German family. And the wife was killed, and before she killed, she cursed the soldier. And basically, her curse was I couldn't really find like anything that said like what exactly was cursed, but it was something about. I don't know, maybe like shown true form and so basically turned it into a werewolf. And the soldier, the other soldiers with him were basically like, dude, you've, you're too much for us and abandoned him. And so he went off roaming this countryside and he became this werewolf that was said to kill a lot of animals, hurting people, going after people. And this village, they basically said, well, we're, we're done with him. And they went after him and they killed him. But afraid of this curse, they basically had erected this shrine. And the shrine was near the village of Morbach. And it is said that there's a single candle. And when it's lit, it'll keep the werewolf away. And, and I guess villagers used to do that in their houses as well. Oh, you know what? Now that you mentioned the candle, now I'm remembering reading about this one at some point. Yeah, it's a, so you think, okay, Napoleon's army, you know, this is the 1800s. Okay, great. Great, so they killed a man thinking it was a werewolf. Now, we're going to fast forward to Germany in 1988. And legend goes that there were American soldiers, airmen, on patrol. And that Mulbark was a munitions kind of area. And they had a base, so they would patrol the base and this munitions area. And one night, during a full moon, they noticed that the shrine with the candle was blown out. That it was out. And there were... Yeah, that's not good. But they, you know, they're just being like, oh, ooh, spooky, spooky, spooky. And they didn't really believe in the legend. And they knew the legends, but they were basically like, okay, well, we're not going to worry about it because it's it's nothing we can do. So they finished up the patrol and went back to the base. Now, back at the Air Force base. Okay, so later that night, alarms alerted the base of an intruder by the fence. And the sensor that went off, it wasn't really clear on if it was outside of the fence or inside the fence, but basically the fence line. And when the security went to investigate, they saw a, quote, dog-like animal standing up on his back legs looking at them and then jumped the seven-foot fence over. And I keep thinking, I'll be honest, I kept thinking about my dog, Baxter, and he's a black lab. And he's a pretty big guy. And when he gets on his two legs, like when he's in the kitchen and gets on the counter and he puts mm -hmm. his paws on the counter, like there's been nights where like Chris heard him and he walked out and he thought some like six foot man was standing there because I mean, when a dog is up on his hind legs, he is tall. So I could just imagine if this dog like animal was standing on two legs and then was able to jump over the seven foot fence by not a dog way, like, you know with his front paws, but, like, actually leaping over it. It wasn't yeah. clear about how it leaped, but basically it left in such a way that they were like, whoa, you know what? Go get the canines. We're not chasing this thing. We'll, yeah, we'll set not, the dogs. We're, we're not equipped for this kind of thing. We'll set the dogs on it. So they got this canine unit, and the canine was brought in, found the scent, but then refused to follow it and refused to even 
had anything to do with it. And from the report I was reading, it was basically like, nope, not doing this. So before the night was over, I guess, and so there was another report and it was supposed to be like a first-hand account where one of the guys said that they decided to do another patrol. And I guess they only do these patrols like every like six or 12 hours, like basically once a night. So they were already done like towards the beginning of night, like let's say 11 o'clock. And then, you know, this, they saw this thing at the Air Force Base. Well, I guess the, there was another patrol that went out by the munitions. So by Morbach. And so they went and I guess one of them were like, hey, we should just go ahead and light this candle. So they went in and they relit this candle on the shrine. And according to them, that nothing happened for the rest of the night. Mm. But I guess I like, leading up to it, it was just like this weird eerie night of like the forest getting like really quiet and stuff. Again, I read like different accounts on a lot of them. Like one was a anonymous, so like might be details are all lost in the telling. But basically what it's all agreed upon is it was in the 80s. The soldiers saw the light out. They went back to base, saw this dog-like creature. Then they went back to the shrine and lit the candle. And the this dog-like creature has never been seen since. And that's... I'd be like, so from now on, we're always going to have somebody stationed here to make sure that candle stays in the gas, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. I'm doing that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, so that's the werewolf of Morwalk. If I said that right, I apologize if I didn't say it right. And you know, last week we shouted out to our you know listeners in Germany, our Berlin listeners. If you know more about that German legend, let us know because I'm I, like I said, I I kind of found it on a couple of websites. It was all the basic same, but you could tell that people were adding their own spin. Like, and then it was dark and creepy, and it's like. And then the wolf grew a second head. Yeah, so, but that's why I always, when I look at different, the different story being told, I just try to find, like, what everyone seems to agree on, and that was the big ones, but. Bear Cerberus. I liked it because it was in 1988, because when I started reading it, they were like, oh, Napoleon's army, and it was the last werewolf, because it was said that that was supposed to be, the, like, the last werewolf killed, and. Wait, 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 wait. You say 1988? That's when it happened, was 1988 with the airmen. Napoleon's army. No, the 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 villagers killed the Napoleon soldier who defected in like this eighteen hundreds. Okay, okay, okay. And then in nineteen eighty eight, this shrine was still for this eighteen hundred legend, and it went out. And the airmen were like, "Ah, it's a legend. Ah, that's hokey pokey. Pasha." And then they the saw damn something. Thing comes out. They're like, "Yes, yes." Oh, crap. And this is like, if you guys remember, I did an airbase one in Japan, I think, and it was a similar situation where. Except that one was ghosts. Well, it was ghosts, but it's a similar situation where they, they, the air force or the military hears the legends, and in their cameras they see stuff, and it's so creepy when you're seeing like the CCTV, and they're just all like. What the heck is that? <laughs> right. That, that, what I was looking up going on in the story, though, because it reminded me of a movie that I had seen that I actually really liked. I only had seen it once, though, because I could never really find it anywhere. I, I got it back in the day when, like, Netflix was still doing discs. Oh, yeah. Well, they still do discs. Yeah, except I don't have that service. I just have the streaming service Same. things. But it, it was called Brotherhood of the Wolf. Uh, or it's like a French, I think it's a French film, it's Le, Le Pac de Loup, and it's it's Brotherhood of the Wolf, it basically is the, this is the English title, and it's, it's, it's different obviously because it's set in France back in like the revolution, French, during the French Revolution, and it's like the Chevalier something or another, and like his partner who is an, an Iroquois Native American, are for some reason sent to investigate like some murders by a mysterious creature or something and it turned out to be like a basically a clan of werewolves that were doing the killings and stuff so it it, it, it kind of made me think about that but it's not really the same but werewolf stuff is cool i love werewolf stories i know i will admit this, they're hard to find they're hard to find there's a couple out there though I, maybe we'll do something with werewolves or full moon stories or something because really the only time i've ever really been able to find like actual like werewolf stories is like from ones that like back in like the 
you know, back when they were still making the funky drawings. Yeah, of, like, the same. The, the, were, the werewolves and they, they... And they're more legend and yeah. the folklore. And I love the folklore, but, like, this one being the 80s and stuff, I loved it. It was it was good. And that's why I saved it for last, because I think that was my favorite story of the bunch. Oh, yeah, werewolves are always good. That's a, that's a Halloween thing right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Halloween. I'll give you a fist bump for that. Fist bump, yeah. Boom. So, my last one... Okay. This is also a real Halloween heavy hitter, if there ever was one dark night it's around midnight and you hear the thundering of hooves outside suddenly the hooves stop outside of one of your neighbor's houses the name is called out and then silence and well screaming and then silence that house has just been visited by one of my favorite supernatural creatures the doulahan better known as the headless horseman so for those who don't know, it is a type of fairy from Irish folklore. It is depicted as a headless rider on a black horse who carries his own head held high, usually, to be able to see far into the distance. They're usually depicted as male, though I've never heard these stories before, but it's interesting. There have been female versions of Doolahan's. Anybody ever see the, the anime Durarara? There's totally a female headless horseman in that, too, so it's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. This is interesting, because I didn't actually know this, but it is said that the Dullahan is actually the embodiment of the ancient Celtic god Cromdub, who was, like, old Celtic. It was a fertility god, but to gain his blessings required human sacrifice, which was usually by beheading. So it's all kind of making sense, like how the legend evolved. Yes. The headless horse, the horseman's head, the mouth is usually split into a hideous grin from ear to ear because it takes such great pleasure in taking the lives of others. Its eyes are constantly moving about. It's been described as it's darting, darting back and forth, searching for about for its next victim. It's able to see, again, vast distances as long as it holds its head up high enough and it can see, like, no matter where a person's hiding or where they're located, a horseman's going to be able to know exactly where they are. The head is said to have the color and consistency of moldy cheese. Ooh, it's so like a green kind of... Yeah, it's rotty. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's a rotty I'm head. really getting in the visual of this. Right. So around midnight during certain Irish festivals or feast days are the best times that one may witness this wild black-robed horseman. A doulahan will, will stop outside of the house of its intended target and shout the name of the person who's about to die. The reason what happens when he does this is that the soul of the person about to die is called forth from that call, and then the person drops. It may also stop at the very spot where a person may die. So let's say the person's intended to like drop dead in the middle of the road somewhere. Or It'll just something be right like that. there. It'll be right there to call his name when that when he comes by. Almost so, so this is like a fancy grim reaper, basically. Pretty much. I'm like yeah, more or less. With his own wheels. Yeah, his own transportation. Nice. Although different versions of the Grim Reaper sometimes has him on a horse too, so Oh yeah, and for a horseman. So if you see a doulahan, don't let it catch you looking at him. Because if someone witnesses a doulahan, they will be blinded by in two different ways. Either they'll have a basin of blood thrown in their eyes. Ouch. Or by being struck in the eyes by the horseman's whip, which is made out of a human spine. Ouch. And I've seen the, the artist's depictions of the human spine. It's got that little, little curved kind of a hook bone at the very end of it. So it was just like, wow! And like, just right in your eye. So Adulahan is only permitted to speak once on each journey that it goes on. And that is the name of the person who is intended to die. Can it change its mind or is it already foretold? I don't even know who makes the decision. Wow. I don't know if it, it, it's never really said if the Adulahan decides that this person's about to die or if it's just faded. This person's about to die, gotta go collect the soul, you know, like... Okay, so, the rider's horse is said to run so fast and ferociously that it sends out sparks and flames from its hooves and nostrils. 
That would be such a frightening thing to see. Some doula hands, I think, when we talked about, I think you just talked about this too, is uh, they ride, some have been seen to ride in a black coach, which I think was called a coachabower or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, coachabower or something, like coachabow. Which, which means like deaf or silent coach, if I remember the, the book I was reading it out of. Well, their, their coach is even creepier because it's typically made out of coffins, tombstones, and human bones. Ugh. And driven by six black horses, all shooting sparks and flames out of their nostrils, a pair, I assume. So to finish up, all gates open up to the rider, no matter how tightly they're locked. So basically nobody is safe Safe. from the Headless Horseman. They can get in anywhere. Yep. And finally, it is said that the Doolahans have an irrational fear of gold objects. So if you ever encounter a Doolahan, maybe flash some gold at him. But however, since he is the... The herald of death, there's really no guarantee you're going to be safe from it. <laughs> Might deter him for a moment, but you're still going to, you're still getting whacked in a supernatural sense. That's so creepy. It's like the dual hands could be like, Joey, Knuckles, advance on them. There's a Fat Tony reference. From the Simpsons. Duh, like no, Fat Tony from King of the Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I think that story is so creepy. I'm glad you did it. I love my werewolf story. Which is what one? I I think that there's probably other explanations, but it's a cool legend because everyone I think has those legends and the pirate stories. The Hell Club is just interesting because it's as they as they say, no nothing's more dangerous than people. Yeah, basically, it's like people are scary. Like that's like when I watch those Nukes Top Five, and sometimes he'll have like Top Five Ghosts, Top Five Ghosts, Top Five Ghosts, and then he'll do Top Five like Strange Encounters, mm. and. I, I did it because I thought it was like UFOs, but actually it was like neighbors or people. And a lot of times they're the ring door stuff where people coming up and be like, hey, man. Oh, like, yeah, man. we saw that one. It was like, don't let them kill me, man. Or, or just something. let me in. And he's like trying the door. And I'm like, oh, God, And then he just so walks creepy. off and they say, yeah, no, it's just nobody. someone that was probably higher on something. But still, it's just like when people do that at night and they come and knock on your that's, door that's and like, try to get in. Yeah, that's why. Because I like they su- don't know what they're doing. That's or, why I like supernatural entities because they operate off rules. Like the Doolahan only kills this one person that he shouts the name. He's not trying to get everybody in the village. He's not going on a massive killing spree or anything. He's like, nope. Thomas Wellington in House 32B. Boom. You're dead. I'm out. Peace. See you guys tomorrow night or whatever. And it's like there's a rule to it. Yeah. So we have shout-outs to do, right? Well, yeah. You want to... Should we uh, shout-out our legendary listener? Yes, I'll add a second one to ours too. So you go. You you want to go first because I I probably have a little bit of a speech. So oh, I know you will. <laughs> so first shout out. I'm gonna shout out to my coworker Gabriel, uh, who just started with our floor, like a couple of weeks ago. Does he listen? Did he yeah. He found we were talking about it and he found. I told I brought up that we had a podcast and he's like he almost immediately started listening to it so are you serious that's so cool so shout out to you gabriel thank you for listening we appreciate it is he the dark hair guy short hair yeah short hair yeah 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 he comes by okay gabriel if you don't want to know who i'm i'm the one who always tells you where the mail goes on the fourth floor (laughs) but yeah that's awesome gabriel thanks for listening hopefully you like it and hopefully you knew about the haunted building yeah oh no he did i i I warned him about that that's so funny i I kept telling i kept telling one of the 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 lady who showed me i was like hey why don't you take gabe down to the basement (laughs) you're also eager to take me my shout out goes to i really hope he likes this episode because he's our barometer and he usually tells us when, like, stuff is not going well or he's tired of hearing the throwback episodes. Should but, we say his name at the oh, same time? Oh, hell yeah. Andrew. Friend of the podcast. Andrew, like, he comes over and the first thing, like, I somewhat want to, like, hear what he has to say. But sometimes I'm scared to hear what he has to say because he's so on point. Like, when he says, oh, yeah, your Skinwalker Ranch, it was, it was, I was really glad when you guys stopped that. It's, it's like, okay, Andrew. I was, too. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I hate the... When he said he wasn't really into the throwback episodes because he's already heard them, that's the only reason he doesn't... He's into them. 
I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, no, he's like that guy that, you know, turns off the TV because the Saturday morning cartoon's a rerun. That I day. knew. So I'm like, no. <laughs> so he's our barometer. So actually, this whole episode was dedicated for him because we needed to do something new and we wanted to make it a little extra long for Halloween. So Andrew... Shout out to you for being such a great listener and being with us since the beginning and always having our backs and always giving us great feedback. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and and also thank you to his family because his family's really nice. Brother, his wife, everyone. But uh, yeah, thank you guys both for listening. And I guess, uh, Jay, you want to take us home? This has been another successful and exciting episode of Legends of the Dark. My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. Your purveyors of the paranormal and your curators of the creepy. Be safe this Halloween, but not too safe. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>